Hey everybody, it's Brock Falk, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Heritage Church of Christ. We would be thrilled to share more content like this with you and make it easy for you to share it with others. You can find more messages like this on our podcast, or you can download our smartphone app by searching for Heritage Church of Christ in your app store. But most importantly, I hope this message encourages you to take a next step toward a thriving relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. If your kids are a little wiggly or anything like that, that is exactly what we expect to happen around here. I want to thank my friends John and Cindy Stolkin for leading our scripture reading and our candle lighting this morning. This December, we have done something that's been new for us here at Heritage. We've joined much of the rest of the Christian world in celebrating Advent, which means that instead of treating December as one extended celebration of Jesus' birth, one extended party that is reaching its end, kind of drawing to a close on December 24th and 25th. Instead, we have put ourselves in the shoes of those who were waiting for Jesus to be born 2,000 years ago. Of course, Mary and Joseph were among those who were waiting for Jesus to be born, but they weren't the only ones. There were God-fearing people who were scattered far and wide who were trusting God's ancient promises that a Messiah would be born. They might not have known exactly what to expect. They might not have known exactly where to look or what they would find, but they were waiting. They were anticipating God's intervention to save his people from their brokenness. They were waiting on the light of God's redeeming love to shine into the darkness. And their challenge was to believe that the light was coming. To hold out hope that the same God who had worked so mightily in the past would work mightily again. And so for the past three weeks, we have been connecting with their story. Each week we've shared the lighting of another Advent candle around our Advent wreath. We've been recalling together the promises that God was bringing light into their world 2,000 years ago. But also we're remembering that God is bringing light into our world today. And today as we near the end of our Advent journey, we declare together that Jesus is the answer to the people's long season of waiting. The Apostle John writes about Jesus this way. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, which tells us we're talking about somebody, right? He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so today we light the final candle in our Advent wreath, the Christ candle. Because as we believe in the words John has spoken, you see, John was one of those people who was waiting for the light of God's love to shine into the darkness. And he walked with Jesus for three years, traveled with him, worked with him, ate with him. John came to understand that Jesus was the one that the world had been waiting for 
But not everybody recognized it. Not everybody recognized Jesus for who Jesus truly is. In fact, John goes on to say this, beginning in verse 10 of John chapter 1. He says, He was in the world, speaking of Jesus, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet, to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or a, husband's de a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John wrote these words long after his time with Jesus in the flesh had come to an end, after Jesus had ascended to heaven. John wrote these as he reflected on his own life and his experience with this man, Jesus, that he had known so well. And John came to these two profound realizations. Number one, God kept his promise to send the light into the darkness. And number two, many in the world haven't yet recognized the light that God sent, which is the challenge. It's the challenge for all of us because the truth is that sometimes the world gets so dark that we just give up looking for light. Sometimes we don't expect light anymore. Sometimes the light becomes so unexpected for us because darkness is all that we've been able to focus on. But I believe the light that Jesus brought into the world is still advancing, still making progress. And on the darkest days of our lives, God is right there with us. And to show you what I'm talking about this morning, I want to tell you a story. Actually, I've asked my friend David to tell you a story about a recent day in his family's life when everything went dark. Let's listen to this story together. David Trice, I want to thank you so much for letting me visit with you today. Some people may not know that you've been a part of the Heritage Church family for a long time and you were on our staff for a couple of decades and that you had an event in your life just a couple of months ago that was extremely serious and traumatic for you and for your family. But when I heard the story, I knew that it was a story that needed to be shared far and wide. And so would you start by just telling us a little bit about what happened to you in early October? Yeah, sure. So uh, October the 3rd, my wife and I went to exercise in the neighborhood and we began an interval where we were running and I collapsed on the side of the road. And so my wife turned and noticed that I had collapsed and she was, you know, very afraid and very concerned. And she came over and recognized that my heart wasn't beating and so she began to perform CPR on me um, and screaming for help and a uh, 16 year old young man in my neighborhood uh, named Connor heard her cries and um, and he came out and he said you know I know CPR can I help and so so they began taking turns with compressions and uh, my wife called 911 and the fire department was the first ones on the scene and off the truck jumps uh, a guy that we've known for 
probably 15, 20 years. And, and my wife just screamed at him and said, Jeb, it's David, save him. And uh, she was really, really concerned for my life at that point. And uh, so the paramedics took over um, chest compressions and were not able to get my heart to beat on its own. So they had to shock me twice at that point and got my heart going. I was transported to Texas Health Alliance right over here close to the church. And the doctor comes out and tells my wife that I'm, I was in very bad shape. He gave me a slim to none chance to live and that I'd already died three times on the table. So for her not to get her hopes up. And anyway, she, she just told him, she said, you know what, I believe in miracles. And you need to get back in there and work on my husband. And he said, okay, you keep praying, I'll keep working. And uh, so they did, they went back to work and eventually they had to send me by helicopter to downtown Fort Worth and I was in bad shape and they had to put me on life support with a ventilator. I was on that for three days. My kidneys shut down in the meantime, but then I started to rally a little bit. Finally woke up and um, they took me off life support, discovered that the reason that I had collapsed was um, I had one vessel that was 100% blocked and two of them that were 80% blocked and I had a heart attack um, and that they needed to do open heart surgery. Thanks to God, I had a successful surgery and all in all, I spent 15 days in the hospital before I was dismissed. Wow. I know hundreds of people, as including people here in our church family that were praying for you during that time. As I recall, there was a time at the beginning of your hospitalization where you were sedated and on life support, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recollection of any of those moments, what that was like for you? No. So I've had several people, in fact, that have asked me, you know, did you see the light or, you know, did did you see Jesus or did you have an out-of-body experience? And um, I didn't experience any of that. In fact, I don't even remember the day. Mm -hmm. I don't remember my wife and I exercising. All I remember is just waking up at the hospital and and just wondering what was going on. And so... You know, it's been kind of interesting because I think that's kind of a common question. You know, did you did you see Jesus, um, or or did you see the light? And and I didn't. I, it was just to me, I was out, and then I woke up, and I have about five days missing from my life that I don't have any recollection of. But but ever since the moment I woke up, I've seen Jesus everywhere. Will you tell me more about that? That this part of your story is so inspiring to me. Yeah, so when I'm there in the hospital and it just became apparent to me that God blessed those people with the talents that they had and they're passionate about their work mm -hmm. and that can only come from Him. So I saw Him there, the people that posted notes to me or that showed up at the hospital to support my family, brought snacks that People contributed financially to help our family during this time. Man, I've just seen Jesus in the hearts of people everywhere. And it's been incredible, it's been amazing. I know you well enough to know you were somebody that was already on the lookout for Jesus. But I'd love to hear about how it's different 
on this side of what you've been through? Yeah, so, you know, I was a, I was a minister for 22 years and, you know, did plenty of hospital visits and, and working with people and visiting with people and praying with people and that sort of thing. But I never really knew and understood how much every little small act means um, until I'm on the receiving end of that. And I promise you, no prayer, no kind word, no message, no card, um, no gesture was too small. They were all helpful and beneficial. And it just got me to thinking really a lot. Um, there've been many, many times that I've known of people that were sick or, or that were going through a, a bad experience and I thought, well, they've got plenty of support and so I don't necessarily need to call on them. I don't want to bother. No one was ever a bother and it was all appreciated and well received. And it just inspired me. I need to do better. I need to do more, you know, that how many opportunities have I let go by because I wasn't willing to do the small act of sending a text saying, I'm praying for you, you got this, you know? And um, it doesn't take much to do that, but that's a ray of light in somebody's life. And that's the kind of thing that seems so small and trivial to some, but when you're going through a hard time, it means everything. David, I've known you long enough to see the light of Christ shining in your life for a long time now but I so appreciate you being willing to share your story with me because you're helping us to imagine how we might be part of sharing the light of Christ as well. We're so glad that you are here to tell this story and we love you. Well, thanks for letting me tell it. And, um, you know, lastly, I'd just like to say to the Heritage family here, thank you. Thank you. It's pretty amazing what the Trice family has been through. And as an extension of the Trice family, what I know we have been through as we were hoping and waiting for God to intervene in that saga. I know that for many of you, this may be the first time you've been able to hear that chapter and that retelling of David's story. In their world, it went dark. It went dark for a while there, but when I hear them reflect on this difficult journey that they walked together, I hear David and Leanne and their kids tell over and over how they were never, ever alone. And you heard David say it very specifically. He didn't have some kind of mystical experience during his heart attack or the CPR or the surgery, but he said, ever since the moment I woke up, I've seen Jesus everywhere. He saw Jesus in the faces and the hands and the feet of the people who were serving him, caring for his heart and his kidneys and providing for his family. He saw Jesus on the messages and the cards and the donations and the prayers that were offered on his behalf. And David is somebody who knew Jesus before, but now, now he's seen Jesus in a whole new way with a brand new clarity. 
and for those who have eyes to see. David's story proves that Jesus is still active, still coming into the world, still bringing the light of life that my heart and your heart and our hearts so desperately need. He's still invading the darkness, but he's doing it through the people who have already received the light. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, speaking to those who would pattern their lives after him, he said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify, not you, glorify your Father in heaven. This is our Christmas wish for you, that this Christmas you would allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through you that you would allow this light that has been making its way into our darkness, making its way into our hearts, making its way into our world, that you would allow it to reflect in your life, that you would allow it to be indwelling you so much that it overflows. This is about something bigger than just believing that a historical event happened. This is about something bigger than just being saved from punishment. This is about actually being saved to something, being rescued and redeemed and repurposed for something new. The light has come into the world. The light has been made available to us, and the light is continuing to progress as those of us who have seen it share it. We're going to wrap up our service in just a few moments, and at the close of our time together, we're going to spend some time singing some familiar Christmas songs. As we do that, I know many of you have candles that you were able to pick up in the back, and we're going to, we're going to pass the flame along during the course of the, the last of those songs in just a few minutes. But I don't want you to miss this really important symbolism that you may not be able to see from where you're sitting. And that is that the light we will share starts at the Christ candle. The light that we will pass on and share with our neighbor and our family, the light we will take with us from this place is all sourced from thee light of the world, the one who was with God in the beginning, the one who brought light into our darkness. And so, Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name, let's be people who share the light.